right. Good morning. My name's Adam. Uh, if this is your first time here, I'm the lead pastor here. You're kind of catching us uh, middle of a series here called Comments. You should definitely post that. We've been talking about like how we conduct ourselves on social media. Uh, and the reason we're doing that is because... Uh, the statistics tell us that like 80% of the country is on social media. Um, and of those people, like we spend like two hours a day on social media. So it's a, it's a really like big part of our life now. And we thought it would be good to talk about how we do this. So um, I'm, a, I'm a science fiction uh, movie fan. Like I like science fiction. Like if you're in Netflix, I go down to that, like the very bottom, uh, the sci-fi movies, I go down there. And for me, even if it's a bad science fiction movie, it's still entertaining. I don't know why if anybody else is like that, but I just find them fascinating. Um, and one of the parts of social me- or, uh, science fiction movies that I find fascinating is their ability to like predict the future of technology. Um, it's not just that they're making stuff up. It's a lot of times they're like predictive. It's not just fiction. They're like almost prophetic in that like the stuff they think might happen happens. Uh, so for example, uh, how many of you remember the movie Minority Report? Remember that movie? Tom Cruise, uh, futuristic police officer who arrests people for crimes they have not yet committed. Uh, crazy thing. Um, but do you remember the part in the movie where uh, he's like walking into stores and the advertisements that are popping up on these screens are specific to him. Like they, they somehow read in his face, read in his, his like retinal scan, and they're speaking to him uh, very much like uh, perfectly made ads for him. Uh, we're not at that level yet, but every single one of us here has been sitting on our computer and like creepily had an ad pop up for something that you never typed in to a search engine that you maybe spoke about in the presence of your phone and all of a sudden there's an ad about it. So uh, Minority Report predicted creepy ads. I just wanna, like, that, that was their prediction and it came true. Um, Back to the Future, everybody knows Back to the Future, right? So uh, they didn't get flying, we don't have flying cars yet. Uh, we don't have hoverboards yet. Um, but do you remember the part in the house, in his future house? Um, there was the, the video screen, the video chat, uh, video call, I guess, the, in the 80s that did not exist, and now it does. Uh, and uh, do you remember they had their little um, virtual reality headsets? That's young, uh, young Michael J. Fox. Um, th- this exists now, right? We have Oculus Rift. We have other technology very much like this. Um, so it's another example of, of the predictive nature of, of science fiction. Uh, Star Trek. Uh, if you're really, really nerdy. Star Trek has, um, that's like next level, just so you know. Um, they predicted a lot of stuff. Most notably, uh, Star Trek came up with the iPad before Steve Jobs did, just so you know. Um, they, they predicted that. They've also predicted like Google Translate, Google Glasses. There's a lot of stuff in tra- Star Trek. I'm still waiting for the teleportation. Um, forget cars, forget planes, beam me up, I'm good. Like that'll be really cool when we actually do uh, get there. But uh, science fiction has predicted a lot of the technology that we have today. And the reason I find science fiction fascinating isn't just because they're predicting it, but because they actually, like the writers of science fiction, actually imagine what our world would be like with a certain piece of technology and how it will change society. Like, I find that fascinating. Like, they imagine somebody has, like, that creative power that they can say, okay, if you add in this, what happens? How does it change the way humans interact with each other? And I just, I don't know, I find that fascinating. Now... One thing that no science fiction writer saw coming was social media, right? 
of all the possibilities that computers brought to humans, nobody predicted Facebook. Nobody thought that's what was going to happen, right? And more importantly, nobody predicted uh, the effect it would have on us as a society. No one predicted uh, the, the, the changes that it would make in the way we communicate with each other, specifically adverse effects. So I was reading an article this week uh, by a guy named Andrew Brown. I don't think he's a Christian. It was just a funny article about the adverse effects of social media. Um, I'm going to read you a quote from here. This is, this is one of his best lines. I'll read you another one later. Um, Here's what he says. No science fiction writer, I think, realized that the most obvious social effect of computers on communication would be to make sober people appear as aggressive and stupid as if they were drunk. Um, I love that line. (laughs) But have you noticed that? This is an interesting thing. So he makes this illustration. He says, like, social media kind of has the same effect as alcohol. It tends to lower people's inhibitions, just like alcohol would. It, it, it uh, heightens, you know, certain tendencies, certain personalities that they already have, much the same way a couple of beers might. Angry people are more angry on social media. Mopey people tend to be a little bit more mopey. Narcissistic people are a little more narcissistic. Lewd people are a little more ru- lewd. Quirky people just a little bit more quirky. Social media seems to, to like, change the way we interact with people. It's, it's different uh, sitting behind a keyboard, sitting in front of a screen than it is face-to-face. It's just different. It has an effect on us. And because of that, I think we need to be like extra careful with how we uh, operate on social media. If that's the effect, if there's a loosening, if there's a heightening of different personality traits, almost a sharpening of certain personality traits, if you just happen to be behind a screen, then we need to be really careful about what we put on there. So last week, if you were here, we talked about like What happens as you scroll and as you uh, consume what is on social media? What happens in your heart? What happens in your head? This week, what I want to talk about is what you put on there. Not the stuff you see, but the stuff you share. When you hit post, when you hit tweet, when you hit whatever, that stuff. The stuff that you are contributing to social media. Uh, Because if this is true, then we need to be really, really careful. Uh, So before we jump in, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much. Uh, for today, for um, being able to be here and uh, kind of fight to get into your presence this morning, Lord. And I I pray uh, for every single person here, Lord, that uh, we would just be open to hearing from you, Lord, that we would kind of calm everything else that's going on and be able to to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so I believe uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make in our society today, uh, specifically on social media, is that we underestimate the power of our words. We underestimate the power of our words. You know that children saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Like, we know that's not true. We know that the kid that says that really is hurt by the words, and he's trying to defend himself. He's trying to, like, push the pain off to the side. But that idea that words somehow don't carry a ton of weight, it's stuck with us. That, that principle that, that words don't matter that much, we, we've bought a little bit of that. I just said it. I didn't mean anything by it. Like, what an absurd statement. Why would you say it then, right? Like, somehow we have detached meaning from saying. We seem to unintentionally lessen the value of our words. But I believe that's a mistake. So look at Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. In the very beginning of everything, God created the universe through the power of his words. 
God's word carries like a supernatural power with it. it. It makes things happen. He spoke creation into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. God didn't have to do anything. He just spoke. So God's words carry uh, a, 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 like a next level power to them. Now, obviously, we don't have that ability, but um, I do believe that as God was creating through the power of his words, that in his creation, he kind of wove into that creation this principle that words have power, that, that kind of like wrote into the DNA of the universe, so to speak, that words carry weight. You may not have the ability to create physical things with your words. Wouldn't that be cool if you could just speak and boom, things would exist. That would be awesome. But just because you can't create physical things with your words doesn't mean you can't create things with your words. Just because you can't move things in the physical with your words doesn't mean you can't move things with your words. Your words carry weight. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Your words have like extraordinary power. They can bring life or death. Anyone under the sound of your voice, you can push them in one of two directions, towards life or towards death. That's a crazy statement to make that your words have that kind of power. But I, can we change this? I know you're not, you're not supposed to change the Bible. This is a side note, pastor thing. Don't change the Bible, but I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> not to change it, but to just make it more specific for our purposes today. I'm going to give you the social media version, okay, of all the verses that we go over today. So we're just going to do them twice. So, so this is Proverbs 18.21. This is the Proverbs 18.21 in the social media version. The keyboard can bring death or life. Those who love to post <laughs> will reap the consequences. I think it would, like, we need to realize that everything we post, tweet, pin, whatever, carries weight. And I want, like... The thing I want you to hear today is I think it carries more weight than you realize. It's so easy to, to not feel like what you type and hit post on like matters that much, but I, I want you to see that the effect is greater than you think. It's greater than you think. James 3, 3 through 5 says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. So to, the social media version of this uh, is the only change is down here. In the same way, the keyboard makes, is a small thing that makes grand tweets, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. I feel like I want to tweet that to President Trump so he would know. <laughs> James 3.5, man, just like, remember that. Um, because the spark thing's really important, right? The spark thing's really important. So look at the comparisons that James makes here to your words. He says, hey, a bit in a horse's mouth, a rudder on a ship, a spark that can start, uh, set an entire forest on fire. He's trying to use those as illustrations for the way your words are. And what he's trying to get you to see is that your words carry a disproportional amount of weight. You wouldn't think that a little bit could direct a thousand pound horse. You wouldn't think that a little rudder could direct an entire ship over an angry waters. You wouldn't think that a little spark could take down an entire forest, but it can. 
And James is intentionally using those illustrations as examples to get us to see that our words carry more weight than we think. I don't care how many friends you have, followers you have. I don't care how many likes your post gets or how many comments your post gets. More people see them than you think. More people read them and more people are impacted by them than you realize. It gets out there more than you think. It carries a disproportional amount of weight than than to what it feels like when you just type and hit send, when you just type and hit send. You know some of the most dangerous words on social media? It's just two words. Well, it's like one and a half words. Just saying. It's not even wrong. It should be just saying. It's just saying. It's better that way. You could post, this is like your, this is like your, your, um, your get out of jail free card, right? You could post the most vile, venomous, vitriolic post, just verbally eviscerating someone with all V words, and you put just saying at the end, and you're like, well, I, you know, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, it's a get out of jail free card at the end of the thing. It's kind of like when people say no offense, but you know whatever they're about to say is offensive, right? Or I'm not racist, but about to be racist. Like, I, I know, like, this is a tell. This is a tell. You just said something horrible, and now you're saying, I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I think the writer of Proverbs and, and the writer of James would say, no, no, no. You're not just saying. You're saying You're saying, and saying matters. Saying carries weight. Saying uh, can do a lot of damage, so you need to take the just off here. The just, like what built into this two-word saying is the premise that your words don't matter that much. That it isn't that big of a deal that you just said it. But that's not true. Your words can carry uh, an enormous amount of pain with them. I think it's, like I said, I think it's hard to hold on to uh, when it comes to social media because we don't see the immediate effects, right? If you're talking to somebody face-to-face and you say something that's horrible, you see that, right? You feel that. You feel their response. You can see their face. They can actually, in real time, speak back to you. But on social media, you know, you hit the button, nothing happened, you know? It takes a minute. There's a, there's a delay on the actual uh, response. You can't see the person that you just hurt. You hit post, you let it fly, the consequences aren't there or they're delayed. And just because you can't see it land, though, doesn't mean it doesn't land. And in case you need some extra motivation when it comes to being careful on social media, if I haven't convinced you yet that your words matter, Matthew 12, 36 uh, this is Jesus speaking, and in my opinion, like, this is one of the most important, uh, like, verses for social media that there is. Man, if you could, like, t- put this on a note card and, like, tape it above your computer, if you still use a computer like an old person to get on social media, um, I don't know what to do with it on the phone, um, a note card on your phone would be weird, but, like, a, a reminder that this is true would be really important, because Matthew twelve thirty six says this, but I tell you, that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. (sighs) And to give you the SMV version, every careless word that people post, tweet, snap, whatever, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. 
Listen, you guys know, like, if you've gone here, gone here for any amount of time, so if you're new, you might be like, okay, here's the pastor throwing guilt out there. You guys know this is not my MO. I don't use the guilt card. I don't think guilt is a good motivator. I don't think fear is a good motivator. I think it has a very short shelf life. It might get you to change in the short term, but it doesn't really work long term. I'm much more all about you guys, like, growing in your relationship with God and being drawn to living the right way, not being afraid that God's going to get you and having that be your motivator. I really don't think that works. But I thought this verse was important. Because I think a lot of times our mentality is that like what we post on social media like doesn't count, right? Like that it's, that it's not real life. You know, if I said it'd be one thing, but I just post it, like I just, I just put it on there. Like it doesn't count. But I want you to see, like I guess I really want you to imagine like, hey, the day you die and you like go and you're up in heaven and you're talking to God and like you reveal the, re- review the game film with God. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to sit down and God's going to, you're going to like go through your life with God. Like you're going to like wheel your chair around and sit next to God. He's going to open up his big God laptop and you're like, let's get on your Facebook. <laughs> and he's going to scroll this thing. And you're going to have to sit there and be like, oh crap. He's going to be like, so you, you liked that, Right? You, you shared that story, that's, you, come on, you know that's not true. Like, all that stuff that you put on social media, you're going to have to give an account for it. Every tweet, every repost, every like, every snap, every meme, every share, every single thing, none of it disappears because God's got it. And God cares about it. So here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend like the first half of my sermon just leaning on you a little bit. To get you to just see that, hey, what you post on social media, it's a big deal. It matters. It carries weight. God cares about it. And and you should be really careful because I think the tendency, the temptation is to be a little bit more sharp on social media, to let your personality come out a little bit more because it just doesn't feel real. So I just want to lean on you the first half. But I do want to switch gears because I don't think I can do it. If if you don't think your your words matter on social media at this point, I can't convince you. Do whatever you want. Um, Have at it. Um, but I want to get practical here for a minute. Like if you're sitting here thinking, okay, okay, this is a big deal. I, like I want to, I want to do better at this, or maybe I want to keep doing uh, as good as I'm doing, or you know, I want some practical how to do good at social media here. Um, so, you know how in the Old Testament God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Um, this is an important event, top ten. Um, if social media were around back then. I think you would have given him, like, given him like, I don't know, five more. It would have been the, the, the 15 commandments because it, it would have been necessary to be like, hey, can I clarify some things now that this exists? Um, so I want to give you five commandments of social media, okay? Five commandments of social media. And by the way, if you're one of those people, no, I am not speaking for God. I am kidding. I'm taking biblical principles and making them commands and no, they're not commands from God. They're things that I wrote in my living room in the King James language, because I thought it was fun, okay? So shut up, I'm not a heretic. Um, So five commandments of social media. If you wanna do this right, here's five. I could have done, I I could have done 15. We we may continue this next week, I don't know, it's kind of bounced around my head, Um, but here's just just five, okay? And they're not in the right order. I've saved the best one for last, but um, here's the first one, okay? Uh, Thou shalt not post whilst thou art angry, okay? That is my favorite word, whilst. You don't, use, you don't use that every day, whilst. Don't post when you're angry. Seriously, don't do it. 
Don't tweet, don't send, don't hit the send button really on anything if you're angry. This applies to texts and emails, just don't do it. Rants, they don't do any, any good. I, and I've said this before, I've used this illustration, this is my third time I've used this illustration, I actually went back and checked because I wanted to make sure, but this is the, I, I want you to be grossed out by it and I'm just going to keep using it. Like when you post angry on social media, it's kind of like peeing your pants, it feels good in the moment, but you regret it later, right? That's, that's the, like I really want that image to stick in your head because that, <laughs> you're typing and you're like this, is, and you hit send and it, yeah, that's what it is and you just peed all over us, that's you. And you will regret it. And I tell you what, I, I bet you anything you've experienced that where you've posted something all angry and then you went back the next day and you're like, oh, man, I sounded kind of stupid. Like maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? So just don't post when you're angry. Don't post when you're angry. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Like people don't respond to rants. You'll get a couple of people in like, here, here, here. Yeah, that Applebee's waitress did suck. Like, you know, but like, People aren't encouraged by that. People aren't built up by that. Like, all you're, like, think about what you're adding to people's lives by sharing that. You're just adding negativity to people's lives. Do you really want to be the agent of adding negativity to people's lives? Is that really the role you want to play? I doubt it. And by the way, Christians are already perceived as being angry people. We know this, right? That this is already a perception that we all struggle with. That the world looks at us and thinks, man, they're just a bunch of angry people. Don't you think that maybe we should like, go out of our way to not confirm that stereotype? I don't want somebody reading my post thinking, man, Christians are just angry. Look at that, man. They're just angry about everything, everything. Like, I don't want to contribute to that. I want to go out of my way to go the opposite direction. Psalm 141.3 it says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard, O Lord, over my keyboard. Keep watch over my post button. If you struggle with this, if this is one of those things, when you get hot or, or emotional, of any, any, any kind of emotional, if your temptation is to get on social media and start typing, you need to make this your prayer. Like, Lord, help me, help me stop. Like, just not, not even do that. Like, maybe you need to make a rule. If I'm emotional, I'm just like not allowed on there because the temptation will be to just pee. Right, that's gonna be my temptation and I don't, I don't wanna do it. So that's the first commandment. Thou shalt, I don't even remember what it was. Thou shalt not whilst, I don't know. There's a lot of thou's in there. Second commandment. Thou shalt turn the other cheek rather than respond. <laughs> I have a crazy thing to tell you. You probably didn't know this. Um, <laughs> before I tell you, you guys know I'm sarcastic, right? If this is your first time, welcome. I'm sarcastic. So about, about, about to be sarcastic. Did you know that you're going to read things on social media that you disagree with? <laughs> have, you heard, have you heard? Did you know that you're going to see things, people you are friends with, follow you, whatever, they're going to post things that offend you. Did you know that? <laughs> Crazy. You're going to read things on social media that are stupid, and not regular stupid, like aggressive stupid, right? Like a stupid on steroids. And your temptation is going to be to respond. You're going to want to, like, do something about it, right? But that, remember that Andrew Brown guy I told you who wrote that funny article? This is one of my favorite paragraphs uh, in this article. Here's what he writes. There are conversations on a million subjects going on all over the world right now where you know just enough to irritate some expert. I love that. 
and all of them are only a few keystrokes away. All your future enemies are out there waiting to be made. In a normal, in normal life, it's easy to forget when someone says something stupid, but a message that arrives on a screen in front of you seems personal and important. Once that has happened, nothing is too trivial to quarrel about. I love that. You're going to be tempted because you're going to see things that are wrong. You're going to see things that are offensive. You're going to see things that are just stupid. You're going to be tempted to engage. You're going to be tempted to load your gun and go to war. But um, I, I guess I, I, like, I feel this need to like release you from that. You don't have to. You do not have some duty to respond. You don't. You don't have some, some duty to correct every falsehood, to, to, to say something to every dumb comment. You, you don't. God did not ordain an internet crusade and enlist all of us in his army for that. You know that, right? Like there's no inner, you are not a Facebook Templar. You're not, you're not that. You do not, your, your uh, role is that, like God's not going, I don't have a Facebook. Could you tell them that that's dumb? Like that's not happening, I promise. And by the way, Facebook debates don't do anything. We all, like, you're aware of this, right? I know it's, once you're sucked in, it's, it's like some kind of cloud comes over you. But you know when you back up from it, you know that a Facebook debate doesn't actually do anything. You aren't winning anything. Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. When their mouths are shut, they seem intelligent. The SMV version says, even fools are thought wise when they don't type, when their keyboards are still. They seem intelligent. I am not calling you a fool. Um, my wife's laughing. I'm not. Um, but what this verse is saying is that even fools, even somebody who's a complete fool, they seem intelligent when they don't respond. If you just don't jump in, you're gonna, you can seem wise. Just keep scrolling. Especially if, if, if you get sucked in easily into these types of things. Um, like, man, if you see that post that has like 37 comments in it, don't even hit the see more button. Just don't do it, right? Because if you, if you start reading it, you're going to be tempted to jump in. If that's you, just don't do it. Just keep scrolling. It's the wisest thing you can do. So um, there was this post on our neighborhood Facebook page this week. It was perfect. Um, so our neighborhood has like its own little Facebook page, which is stupid already. Um, and I was actually writing this sermon and just scrolling Facebook telling myself that it was part of my research. And it was, because <laughs> I, I get on, you get a little notification that somebody's posted something on there and I get on there and there is a comment that has 65 responses to it. 65, that's high. Um, it's a lot of people, a lot of people in this thing, a lot of people going back and forth. You know what the subject was? We have this community pool. Someone had the audacity to leave trash on the ground. <laughs> that was it. It was, and, and, and they posted a picture of it. <laughs> Things got crazy, okay. <laughs> the trash can was here. The trash was here. Unbelievable. I mean, can you believe the, the, how inconsiderate the animals for leaving this trash here? And it just went on and on and on, on and on and on. And uh, I was tempted. I was tempted. I'm not going to lie, I was tempted. Not because I was outraged. I was outraged at their outrage. Have you ever been there before? Being outraged at outrage? Like, it's a, it's a weird thing. But, like, you're... You're losing your mind over, tra like over trash. And I wanted to be like, guys, like there's, 
There's starvation, there's wars, there's like human trafficking. You guys don't post on that stuff, but you're going to lose your mind over a Dorito bag on the ground that's instead of in the trash can. And like what I wanted to do, what I was tempted to do, what I, what I like felt this like weird magnetic pull towards is to try and be the voice of reason in an unreasonable conversation. That's what I wanted to do. Sounds smart. It sounds almost godly. Um, now, I just told you I'm a little sarcastic, so that probably would have come out a little bit in the thing that I would have posted. But I really wanted to. I wanted to be like, guys, come on. Like, could we be more like first world suburbia problems here? <laughs> like, could we? Um, but I didn't. And you know why I didn't? Um, gentlemen, don't answer this question. Just answer it in your head. Have you ever, with your wife or your girlfriend, been in a situation where she is way more upset about something than you? Don't raise your hand because this will be a thing. You'll actually create the thing I'm talking about, so don't do it. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, where she is way up here and you're like, what? Why is this, why is this a big deal? And, and, and it's crazy because the, just the distance between you and her is going to, that'll be, a, this is a fight and the distance is like a separate fight, but usually they happen at the same time. Um, have you ever though, have you ever made the grave, grave error of saying the two stupidest words in that situation? Have you ever? Do you know what they are? Calm down. <laughs> have you? Because if you have, you know, you know what that does, right? She, she goes, yeah, okay, yeah, it's not a big deal, you're right. That's, that, that's what happens, right? Never, never, not in a million years. You could try that a billion times in a row, it would work zero. She will never calm down if you tell her to calm down. That's not the way it works. It is seen as an insult, those are fighting words, don't do it. If you've been married longer for two, than two seconds, I feel like you already knew that, but that's just some advice. So you know that telling somebody to calm down in a situation where they're not calm doesn't really work. That principle is why I didn't respond on Facebook, right? Um, because if you try to tell somebody to calm down about something that like, they think is important, they're not gonna respond with, oh yeah, you're right. They're not going to, right? If I'm expressing outrage at their outrage, there's gonna be somebody who's gonna express outrage at my outrage at their outrage, and the, the thing's just gonna keep going, right? It's like pouring grease on a, or it's pouring water on a grease fire. You think, oh, this will put, and it, it just makes it a hundred times worse. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, there's going to be things where you're tempted to be the voice of reason in something unreasonable, and I think you're going to make it worse. I think you're just adding another log onto the fire. I would have just made it 66 comments, or probably 100, um, based on what I was thinking. Um, it wouldn't have done the thing that I wanted it to do. So just don't. Just don't. Turn the other cheek rather than respond. That's commandment number two. All right, let's Let's jump. Commandment number three, thou shalt not type anything that thou would not say in person. Remember that thing I said in the beginning of my sermon where I kind of compared social media to alcohol, kind of a lowering inhibitions type thing? I think one of the side effects is that people are just more aggressive and more mean on social media. Like, if, I don't know if you're on Twitter. Um, Twitter is, is fascinating to me because, man, you will get, people will say like the meanest things about celebrities and public figures. It's, it's like horrible, horrible things. And... I just don't think you would ever say it to the person. Even if you don't like them, like, I don't think you would walk up, shake somebody's hand, and say the thing that you tweeted about them. You just wouldn't do it. It, like, it doesn't work that way. And for some reason, on social media, we do this. 
So I guess I just think a good rule would be like, if you wouldn't say it to the person like in, in real life, don't, don't put it on social media. And I know there's at least one person in here who's like, I'd say it, I'd say it. Cool, you don't get a gold star for being a jerk. Just, you know, like you're a jerk in real life and online, cool. Like I'm happy you're consistent. Now let's work on the thing that you are consistent at. Can we get better at it? Um, matter of fact, here's a verse for you. Ephesians 4, 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. The SMV version. Let everything you type be good and helpful so that your posts will be an encouragement to those who see them. Ask yourself, would I say this to the person if they were standing in front of me right now? Will this be an encouragement to the people who read it? Is this good and helpful? If not, don't hit post. Don't do it. Don't do it. Commandment number three. Number four. This is an important one. Number four is really, really important. Um, Thou shalt recognize the difference between honest and candid. So uh, if you're not a walking dictionary, you might not know they they sound very similar. Um, But honesty and being candid are two different things. So honest means telling the truth. You're always supposed to be honest. You're not supposed to tell lies. Candid means bluntly telling all the truth. You see the difference? It's, it's being completely open about everything. Honesty, telling the truth. Candid, bluntly telling all the truth. You have a duty as a Christian. If you're a Christian, you have a duty to post only truth. You should not be posting lies. You should not be posting falsehoods, misleading stuff. You shouldn't be. But you do not have a duty to post all the truth all the time. You don't. There's a thing called discretion. There's a thing called discernment. For me, my personality, I really appreciate blunt people. A lot of times, um, if I get the sense that somebody's trying to dress something up for me to, to like, be able to swallow, I actually get frustrated. I feel like I'm being patronized. Like I feel like you're kind of patting me on the head. Um, so I like blunt people, but not everybody does. So if you're blunt, you need to know that, that like, your flavor doesn't always go down with everybody, okay? Um, not everybody appreciates bluntness. And if you're blunt, you need to remember, um, you know what they say, like that communication... When you're in person, like 55% of it is nonverbal. Did you know that? And everybody has a different stat. But it's over half of your, of your communication when you're in person is nonverbal. So it's, your, it's this that I'm doing constantly. It's, it's your eye contact. It's your body language. Um, it's even your like voice inflection type stuff. Like it's, it's not the words. It's, it's, it's other stuff. So consider if that's true, if over half of your ability to communicate is based on things that you're not saying, that means that when you type it, you lose that. So if you're already having a hard time when you're in person with somebody, like getting your point across, what I'm saying is it's like twice as hard to get your point across in a, the way you want it to come across online because you just lost 50% of your ability to communicate. So your bluntness that's in person that hurts their feelings online, it'll destroy them. They'll have no idea. And no amount of emojis is going to make up for this. Just so you know, like, that's not, that's not, I know what you're thinking, but I'll just put a smiley face. No, it doesn't. They'll think it's sarcastic. Like, they'll be able to read away anything that you do. Like, a little thumbs up. Like, no, that's not going to work. And I know you're, like, somebody's thinking, but I just told it how it is. I, can you, like, you don't have to tell all of it. Okay, you don't. Oh, sweetie, you don't look really good in that. Shut up. Stop. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. There's one who speaks rashly like thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The SMV version. There's one who types rashly like thrusts of a sword, but the keyboard of the wise brings healing. 
The implication here is that the rash person is not wise. That the person who's just tells everything all the time, uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just tell it how it is. Like that person, it's, it's like you got a sword and you're going at people. But the keyboard of the wise, man, that brings healing. You're not going to say everything all the time because you feel like some duty. No, no, no. Be honest. You don't have to be candid. Release yourself from that weird feeling like you have to say something. You don't. You can be honest without being candid. All right. That's number four. Number five. Most important one. If we were going to put them in the right order, this one would be number one. This would be number one. Thou shalt represent Jesus well. Thou shalt represent Jesus well. If you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, this is not... Um, important for you yet. But I want to ask you, who do you see yourself as representing on social media? Who do you represent? It's an important question to ask. And, and you probably are thinking, what are you talking about? I don't represent nobody. Right? But even though you're not aware of it, I think a lot of times we, we take a role of representing someone or something. Um, like for me right now, uh, being during like the finals and stuff, I'm like mildly addicted to ESPN. And like, if you jump on ESPN and you read an article, that's not even the fun part. You know, you read the article, whatever, like Brian Windhorst says, cool, little insight. No, 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 you scroll down and you hit the comments and comments will, will connect you to uh, ESPN uses Facebook now as its commenting section. That's the fun part. And, and it's so easy when you get on there to see who is representing who on the comments. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are repping the land, you know? And then you got the stupid people who are out in the bay and um, they're all evil, right? And satanic and, and not saved and don't love Jesus. Um, partially sarcastic, but partially like that's the way it seems if you read the comments because everybody's repping their thing, right? And it's not always sports. You know, we, we represent sports teams. Some people see themselves as representing their favorite fandom, right? Star Trek, Star Wars, Potter, Bieber, Taylor Swift, whatever your thing is, like your fandom, you feel like the need to represent it. Some people see themselves as representing a certain political party. I don't know if you've heard that before, um, but people tend to do that sometimes. We actually thought about postponing this sermon series off to next year because it's an election year and we thought we would be good to do it then, but actually then we decided, what if we hit it now and like maybe we can, get, we can practice and get good at it by then? Um, but some people see themselves like, I'm red, I'm blue, I'm libertarian, I'm social. It's like somebody, they, they want to represent that thing online. Some people just see themselves as representing a certain like ideology or lifestyle, you know, like vegetarianism, CrossFit, people who think country music is actually good. I don't know, like stuff like that. Um, weird people. Um, but if you're a Christian, none of those things can be your primary thing that you represent. None of them. I'm not saying those things are wrong. Man, post about the calves. Let it fly. Let it fly. Um, post, I don't know, like Wingardium Leviosa, whatever. I don't, like post a picture of your salad. It doesn't, none of those things are wrong. But remember that the primary person you represent is Jesus. That should change how you post. That should change the flavor of everything you put on social media. If you remember, I represent Jesus first, it'll change everything. So, so before you hit that button, whatever the button is that's going to send this into the internet, you should ask yourself the question, am I representing Jesus well by putting this out there? Because it's so easy to get caught up in all the other stuff, in, in, the other, in the representing the other stuff, right? Uh, so Colossians 
4, 5, and 6, really important verses. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that everyone will have the right response, that you will have the right response for everyone. Christian, if you really believe what you say you believe, if you really believe that God, the God of the universe came down to earth, died on a cross for the sins of the world, came back to life, and now works through us to build his kingdom and spread his message, if you really believe that, your social media presence should reflect that. You should be representing Jesus well on social media. So I guess what I'm saying is don't sacrifice your ability to represent Jesus because of some other allegiance you have, right? Don't rip the guy who thinks Steph Curry's better than LeBron and just tell him he's an idiot. No, cool, love the Cavs, Jesus is first. Don't, don't, don't go on there and, and jump down somebody's throat representing your political party and make Jesus further down the list. Don't represent Jesus poorly because of some other allegiance you have in your life. Don't push Jesus off. This is important. Do you know how many people who are not Christians online who interact with what you post on there? So this verse directly applies. Live wisely among those who are not believers. They are all over your social media page. This verse directly applies to everything you put on there. So your conversation should be gracious and attractive so that the people that see it will be somehow drawn to it. So can I give you some homework this week in closing here? It's kind of churchy. I'm gonna give churchy homework. I don't usually give churchy homework. Um, But sometime this week, can you get on whatever your main social media thing is? For most of it's just Facebook. Statistically, most of us are on Facebook. Um, but whatever your thing is, get on there. Click on your profile and just scroll back in time and just look at it fast. Don't, don't go slow. Go fast. And like ask yourself, like, what is the flavor of this? What, what is this? What is this thing that I'm representing? Am I representing Jesus well by what I'm doing here? Ask that question as you're scrolling. And the churchy thing that I wanted to say is like, imagine Jesus looking at it. <laughs> like, what would Jesus post? Like, that's the churchiest thing I can say. Um, but like, what does it feel like? Because what I want, what I want, man, for us as a church, man, wouldn't it be amazing if we could like be good at this? Wouldn't it be amazing if we were different? If uh, us, at least this little part of God's kingdom, if we could get social media down, if we represented him well, if people uh, actually, like we lived wisely among people who weren't believers and our conversation was gracious and attractive and we didn't get caught up in all the noise and we just did it right. Man, I wonder what kind of impact that would have for God's kingdom. That's what I want. So do that this week sometime. Jump on there, look at it, see what it feels like. Start deleting stuff. I'm just kidding. Um, Let's pray.